In the morning, as the first shafts of dawn began to peek their way through the misty rainforest, Zula and Rowan knew that there was no one coming for this little unicorn. Come on, said Zula, we're going to have to help him. By this point, the unicorn had curled up at the base of a tree and looked as though it itself was giving up. They very gently and carefully crept up to the unicorn, and when they touched its fur, it startled for a moment and looked at them. Its legs were too wobbly for it to run off, and so gently they raised it to its feet and helped it wobble its way back along the path. With Rowan on one side and Zula on the other, they guided it all the way back to the barns. It was cold, and it was clearly hungry. Right, said Zula. We can't waste any time. Here, put this blanket round it. She handed a thick felted wool blanket to Rowan, and he draped it over the unicorn's back. Zula quickly put together a little cosy pen in the corner of the barn. The whole barn alone would have been too much for the little thing. It was so tiny and still so wobbly, and it didn't yet have a proper horn, just a little nub showing through its forehead. Put lots of bedding in to keep it warm, she said, and she threw a sack of gimbal leaves over to Rowan. He put lots and lots in the pen, for he didn't want the little thing to be cold. It must have been missing its mother. Zula then went over to her remedies and ointments room. She started putting together some milk. It was a powder, and it smelt wildly of vanilla. It made Rowan's tummy rumble. And then she added some water fresh from the stove, and she began to stir. It smelt delicious. It was thick and creamy, and a light yellow like custard. She put it into a bottle, and the bottle had a teat on it, made from seaweed. Right, she said, you take this in, see if we can feed the poor thing. They went into the barn, and when they climbed into the cosy little pen, the baby unicorn once again startled, but it was too weak to bolt around or do anything too lively. It's okay, said Zula as she stepped in. We're here to help you, little one. We're going to make sure that you grow up big and strong, and I promise, I promise we're going to find your mummy. Rowan looked over at Zula. He felt maybe it was a little bit too soon to promise that they would definitely find its mama. With the help of Zula, he put the teat into the unicorn's mouth, and for a while it didn't really know what to do with it. This funny teat made from dried, thick seaweed was obviously not the same as what it was used to. But after a while, when the milk mixture began to dribble out, it soon understood that that's where it was going to get its food, and it began to drink. It suckled and suckled, and as it suckled, its little tail swished. It began to lap with such enthusiasm that milk began to dribble down its chin. That's right, said Zula. You keep going like that, and you'll grow up big and strong. With a full, slightly bulgy belly, the unicorn settled down again and closed its eyes. Rowan readjusted and made sure that the big felt blanket was over its back and then the two of them left the little unicorn to have some rest. Well, I never, said Zula. In all my days I have never seen an abandoned unicorn fall. It just doesn't happen. Unicorn mamas are the best there are. Something very strange must be going on, she said. Still, said Zula, that little unicorn foal's been fed now. 
We've got to feed the rest of them. Will you help me, Rowan? She said. Of course I will, said Rowan. Do you know what, he said. I really like being here. It feels safe. After all our adventures, I really could do with just some quiet time. Doing something not too exciting. Well, she said, it might not be too thrilling here, but it's very rewarding. I know, said Rowan, worrying for a short moment that maybe he'd said something a little bit untactful. I really want to help, that's what I'm saying. I like it. It's nice, comforting, and I like doing nice things for the animals. Right then, she said. We've got some scuffle hogs over there, and she pointed to a little outbuilding. We've got a parrot with a dodgy wing up that way. And he smiled. Oh, I know a lot about parrots now, he said. And then, over there, in that bit, she said, pointing over to a little corner room. We've got a griffle that has swallowed something very strange and, well, between you and me, we're going to both have to hope it passes on its own. You can actually see the shape of it in its tummy, she said. We have to give it some special food, you know, to help it come through. Rowan chuckled. All right, he said, you just tell me what I need to do and I will do it. So she gave him instructions of what to do and how to feed each one. He enjoyed going in and seeing this room full of fluffy scuffle hogs snuffling around. And then he went and fed the parrot and for a little moment he missed his parrot. But he looked up at the trees and knew that his parrot was there somewhere. And then when he went in with the griffle, the griffle was cheeky. It was jumping all about. It even jumped on his head and started sifting through his hair as though it was looking for lice. Get off, he said. But he could see when this griffle jumped around, it had a very strange shape to its tummy. And stranger still, when it jumped and leapt from one side of the room to the other, it jingled. What have you swallowed, said Rowan, you strange little creature. As he said this, the griffle sat up and scratched his tummy. And as he scratched his tummy, again it jingled like an old box of coins. Later that day, Orin and Ember arrived. They first arrived at Kester's and were asking after Rowan, so Kester pointed them in the direction of Zula's. Rowan was really happy to see his two friends walk through the gate. He ran to them and hugged them and told them everything. Ember could not believe it. Oh dear, she said, the poor little unicorn. I can be its mama, she said. I'll help it. I'll be there. I'll do every feed. It's sort of been a dream of mine, you know, to have a pet unicorn. Well, my dear, said Zula, it's not a pet. All the animals that come in here, they're never pets. They're always free animals, free to roam. We just give them the help they need and then they're on their way. Wouldn't be right to keep any of them as pets, you know. Oh, I didn't mean that, said Ember. You know what I mean. I'd like to have a unicorn that, that knows me, that I can help. I wouldn't want to keep it. Not really, she said. She did mean that. Deep down, of course, she wanted a unicorn friend that would stay with her forever, sleep in her room and ride off into the sunset with her. But she knew that wild animals belonged in the wild and all she really wanted to do was to help it and get to know it. Well then, Ember, she said, it's a young one. You know we're going to have to feed it every two hours, day and night. You are very welcome to come here and be this unicorn's mummy until we find its real mummy, but it's going to be a lot of work. That's okay, said Ember. I don't mind. Please, Zula, show me. What must I do? 
So Zula took Ember into the medicine room and showed her how to make up the unicorn milk. Look, she said, two scoops of powder. One, two. And she showed her how to level off each scoop in the little copper ladle. Then, you need to boil the water, she showed her. And when the kettle's boiling, she said, then you have to let it cool down to a temperature that when you stick your little finger in, it's just right, not too hot, not too warm. You see, they need it body temperature. The best way to test it, she said, is to use a little bit of your elbow here, dip it in once you've made the mixture, or even, some say, your chin or your nose. Ember tried with her finger, her elbow and her chin and her nose, and she felt a little bit blah, drippy and sticky. But Zula was right. It was a good way to test that the temperature wasn't too hot and wasn't too cold. And when it was just the same temperature as her own body, she went in and she fed the unicorn its second feed. By now the unicorn understood what was going on and didn't take long to latch on to the bottle. Ember was overcome with excitement, but she kept it together and stayed calm for the poor little animal. Oh, she said when she'd finished, this is the best day ever. I mean, for me, she said, not the poor little unicorn, and I do really want to help find its mama, but I really enjoyed that, and I really want to stay here for it. So how did this happen, said Oren. Where's its mum? Well, that's the thing, said Zula. We just don't know. It's very unusual for a unicorn to abandon its baby. And when I say unusual, I mean, I'm not even sure it's ever happened before. Well, then its mum must be around, said Oren, or hurt somewhere. Do we need to look for it? Well, that would be fantastic, said Zula, but I wouldn't know where to look. Strange things have been going on, you know. First, all of the gold tits are disappearing. And now, now this little abandoned foal, it just doesn't make sense. I tell you what, said Oren, shall I go back? And shall I go and get Kai and Sophia and the others? And should we go and try and find the unicorn's mum? Well, if you wouldn't mind, said Zula, that would be wonderful. This poor little animal will be all right in our care for a while. But it needs to learn to be a unicorn. And none of us can do that, not even if we strap a pretend horn on our head and gallop around like its mum. They all giggled at the thought of them galloping around with unicorn horns stuck to their heads. No, I see your point, said Oren. OK, I'm going to go and get the others. And with that, he walked out of the yard and was gone.